Welcome to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Vivian and her guests are here to help you empower yourself and open your mind to higher realizations. Now, here is Vivian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this April podcast on Conscious Living Made Simple. My slogan, if coffee wakes you up, tea awakens you. I am Vivian Casimir, and I have the pleasure to be here with Carrie Holst and Sam Raffos, two wonderful women sharing with us their experience and perspective on conscious living. As I mentioned in the description of this episode, no matter your spiritual practice or healing modality, the essential point in today's reality is to awaken to who you truly are and to your life mission with simplicity and joy. And I insist, simplicity and joy. As a famous spiritual master phrase it, time of suffering is over. That's the reason I asked Carrie and Sam to join us today because of their nice way of simplifying concepts for a practical daily life. So let's start our first cup of tea with Carrie. Welcome, Carrie, and thank you for taking time with us. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you. <laughs> you are a Reiki master and have been in the practice for over 25 years. Reiki now is part of your life and has become a true mind-body-spirit practice. So, uh, uh, Carrie, a few words about yourself. Yes. After I had uh, been in HR and administration, I quit a very well-paid job to educate myself within alternative therapies. I thought I was going to help others managing life. However, I met Reiki, or Reiki met me, and I discovered a very simple tool for self-care and realized I needed to charge my own batteries before even thinking of helping others. Mm. For a long time, I had overlooked my needs and I was always ready to take care of others. Mm. After years of of training with my master's te master teachers in Switzerland, I became a Reiki master teacher. It means I can educate Reiki masters and was absolutely passionate about handling over this simple tool for self-care and personal growth. Uh. And the philosophy of Reiki really talked to me. I am responsible for myself. Ah, that's well said. So I would say um, I experienced that Reiki supported me in building awareness, a stronger body, and I also had the job of my dreams. <sighs> Meeting so many different people was educating in various ways. And very useful to be reminded that it's not about the situation. It's all about how I handle the situation. 
Mm-hmm. Very and true. through Reiki, I met you, Vivian. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Lucky me. <clears throat> um, just a few words of my my personality as well. Uh, <laughs> I would say I have a built-in enthusiast in me. So uh-huh. when I am hit by something that feels meaningful for me, I'm all in. Wow. No Wow. That's the short story of oh. me. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we met a long time ago. And uh, yeah. yeah, you are in Norway. I am now in Canada. But yep. uh, the distance doesn't exist. Oh, no. That's wonderful. Right. That's right. wonderful. Yeah. So, Kari, uh, let's jump in. You have, uh, of course, after 25 years, you have trained a lot of people. And um, you have witnessed actually the evolution of Reiki. So, <clears throat> can you, sorry, can you tell us about the shift of consciousness uh, that you have maybe witnessed uh, since you started Reiki? Hmm. Yeah, and um, it's difficult in a way to 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 be accurate about it, but mm-hmm. there is something that I've noticed that is that because most uh, participants in my courses have been women mm-hmm. uh, because we know that women are more curious and and uh, maybe also more open minded and but men is nowadays it and i think when i started to teach men very often teased the women and yeah and the wives and the fiancés and the children oh you've done a reiki course ah, la, la, la. now you have the power you know uh-huh. and, but nowadays men don't make jokes about it ah. i would say they are more humble to what cannot be seen heard or smelled only experienced mm-hmm. and um, I would also say that as for me personally men understand volume and money easily and when you succeed in keeping your business for 25 years it's something to take seriously <laughs> <laughs> you're funny <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm regarding uh, if it's if it's more spiritual people. I really don't know. But what I do know is that people who come to Reiki courses today are looking for this. I would say X factor, this something in brackets, to support their personal growth, not only a healthy body. Hmm. They're more into the body-mind and holistic thinking. And actually, I would say it's an overall expanded consciousness in the society on an average basis. And and then I'm just talking for Norway, of course, but I think there is an expanded consciousness. People are much aware of that... Uh, there is much more than air between heaven and earth. 
<laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And and I agree with you on that one. From my mm. <clears throat> from my perspective, uh, uh, people join martial art not for the sport aspect, for yeah. the mind body practice. Right. And right. even in Zen, some uh, Zen master were reminding us that uh, a long time ago, people joined Zen or any other spiritual practice uh, mm. because of true suffering. But now suffering is still there, but has shifted to something else. And it's more like an existential question. Right, right. You know? I don't feel that I fit in society. I don't understand why we are mm. doing that on the planet. Mm. And mm. So it becomes more existential. So mm. I would say I agree with you on that one. There is an awakening happening now. And that's mm. as we can feel it. Good. Now, let's jump into your book. Ah, <laughs> so uh, I must say that uh, well, you, you are writing a book. Let's say, to, let's say to the listeners, you are writing a book. And um, I was privileged, thank you, Kari, because it's written in Norwegian, obviously. But you translated a few passages for me. So I had uh, an insight of the book before mm. the, the, the larger public. So uh, this enthusiasm <laughs> I have about <laughs> the book, I want listeners to get it. So uh, what? is your book about just to give an idea of people yeah um the book is about she who has all her life been on duty so to speak uh -huh. she did what she was told and when traumatically experiencing breast cancer mm. it's chaos it's fear of death it's fear of losing control. It's fear, fear, fear. Yeah. And in this vulnerable situation, as you said, these existential questions, who am I, what am I, and why me, more or less invaded her. And hmm. she had no answers. And that was very funny for her because she was always playing the role of the one who knew. <laughs> yeah. And um, one day, the following question came her way. How would you know when you are feeling good? Uh, uh. And she became so annoyed. <laughs> and she shut her mouth thinking, how dare you ask me such a question? I'm sick and it's serious. So she kept silent, totally determined not to answer the impertinence. And after a long silence, something very odd appeared on her inner monitor. Her old songbook showed up. And with tears running down her cheeks, she answers, I'll hear. I'll hear when I'm feeling good, because then I'm singing. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and from that very moment, singing became her life's parameter of feeling good. And as for me, this was the very first important step to become aware that she herself kept the answers 
designed for her. Mm-hmm. So this is a book about her journey and what I called to know where. Ah, I like it. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. So the other thing, there's many things I, I love about your book, but uh, the thing is also that I like is that it doesn't follow a genre. It is so alive in that sense. So when people ask you, how, how is your book structured? Meaning it is not a fiction, it's not a biography, it's a genre by itself, it's life. So life doesn't fit a category. So mm-hmm. if I ask you just for the sake of, you know, mm-hmm. elaborating on, the, on mm-hmm. the, the book so listeners can understand that it's alive, how is your book structured and how did it start? Uh, yeah, as, as you say, it's not in an accurate genre. But the structure of the book is, in a way, fiction and biography. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the push to write it came when I, my gaze fell upon... Um, a quote in a book, and uh, it was signed C.C. Shang, and the quote goes like this. The greater doubt, the greater awakening. Little doubt, little awakening. No doubt, no awakening. And when I read those words, in a nanosecond, I knew that Shang's doubt was the same as my longing. Uh, A longing for something more than the obvious, like the perfect job, good food, and such. And from that moment, doubt became my driver, I would say. hmm. Or I could also use the expression, it was actually a kick in the ass to make (laughs) introspection a part of life. Wow. And the quote pushed me to tell my story. And C.C. Um, Shang, he gets an important role in the book. And believe it or not, she starts to receive letters from Shang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the letters come at her doorstep. And somehow he knows about her struggles. Somehow he knows how to guide and to coach her. And the book is very much about this dialogue, failures, evolution, and ongoing guidance. Hmm. I would say it's a journey about how painful it can be to remove dark glasses, to see ourselves and It's very much about her doubt and longing on her way to realize that oneness is about inclusion of what is. Ah. Without judging, you know, without wrapping situations into emotional attachments. I would um, 
I think I will continue telling you that knowing, understanding, experiencing, even teaching is great. But for this she, the main issue is to live her knowledge. Oh, cool. I love it. She attains a lot of theories through her different studies. Still, the road is quite slippery and full of so-called failures, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, the so-called, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems she hopes to be to become perfect one day. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah. And actually, she re- realizes the hard way is all about including all movements of emotions. It's surrendering to room to embrace what is, no matter what it is. <laughs> and that life is not about the situations one more time. It's about her way of dealing with the situations. I think I want to continue to tell you that when I started to write this book, I also got conscious about my personal distinction between emotion and feelings. Ah. Normally, we talk about physiological responses as emotions, while feelings are the person's subjective experience of his or her emotions. Mm -hmm. The two responses mingle easily and may both shrink, of course, or expand our universe. You know, we all know about the inner judge that tells us that life is either good or bad, painful (laughs) or joyous. On a certain stage in life, I realized that had to be so, so honest in my subjective perception about myself. If I wanted to discover who am I in the moment. Mm. So, I differed about emotions and feelings. And uh, very short. Emotions are the name of the responses that threw me up and down, sideways and around. And emotions simply took control over my unfolding. And then I'm talking about, you know, despair, being powerless, frustrated, Mm. angry, and a few more. And every time I attached or attach to those emotions, I banged my head (laughs) in the wall, and somehow it took some time to loosen it. Wow. Wow. I really like the way you described it. Yeah. I I like there's a few things uh, we have to go a bit faster there's yeah, so much yeah, yeah, so much yeah, I want yeah, to ask yeah, you yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the thing is actually listening to you it's like the book is about awakening it's your awakening that's wonderful and oneness is about what you said I, I'm quoting you here oneness mm-hmm. is about inclusion of everything mm-hmm. and 
the thing about oneness oh we can talk we can we could have another podcast on yeah, it. yeah but, yeah yeah but the thing is oneness people have to understand duality and oneness this is misunderstood mm -hmm. but oneness you do as you just explained you do feel or have a glimpse of oneness when you start dropping your judgment your criticism mm -hmm. when you start yes. going inside yeah. because otherwise you force a concept of oneness if you stay exactly. with your mind of duality you mm -hmm. know you will exactly. never see it so no so in that sense your book is great because it is showing step by step almost let's say the journey of someone mm -hmm. to awakening well yeah. it's a journey so it never ends we know that no, but yeah. at least when you start you know uh, the way you explain when you start the journey yes your glasses change. yeah you know yeah I, yeah I really like it yeah. so um yeah so that's the thing and when we are surrounded in society every day around us it's a dualistic way of life so exactly. when, when you start your journey inward it's hard to really find a way to compose with these kind of things you know mm -hmm. so the journey of this woman of the she as you said is mm. very enlightening in that sense mm. no, absolutely uh, so yes so the first step in your book the way i felt is awareness of the duality exactly as you said it's so yeah, well exactly it, it is okay good so let's go to the second aspect is the concepts of awakening spirituality the, those concepts are everywhere we use them in many different ways and mm -hmm. I guess it's depending on our level of consciousness and we understand it differently depending mm -hmm. on how we use mm -hmm. it so mm -hmm. what's your story okay mm -hmm. because we already touched uh, that you know it's about awakening but uh, of your uh, mm -hmm. book but uh, if you have something yeah. to add um well um I think maybe this quote from my book is illustrating it, that uh, I'm a Winnie the Pooh fan. I think he is a spiritual master and he lives uh, what people teach. And um, there yeah. is this sunny day where Winnie the Pooh and his true friend Christopher Robin meet. And Winnie the Pooh asks, where are we going? He wondered if it's going to be a hike. Or what shall we do a kind of a day? Nowhere, answered Christopher Robin. And they started to go there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, as, as uh, Christopher Robin and, and Winnie the Pooh is, so the journey, whatever you call it, there's no goal. There's nothing to achieve. However, you might be lucky to lose something. <laughs> I like it. Might be lucky <laughs> to lose something. Lucky to no. lose, like arrogance, yeah, exactly. and victimhood, and blah blah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that uh, takes us to um, the point of. Well, we touched about th that already. What did you start your journey? Yeah. In that sense. And you mentioned something from childhood. I yeah. like this explanation. Yeah. Because, because we all ask ourselves at some point, you know, what am I, blah, 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 blah. But do you hide it under the carpet or do you go through it? And mm -hmm. then this is your spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So your story, what you told me earlier about yeah yeah i would like to share it because i think i was like eight or nine years old and i returned uh, from a dance lesson and i was walking alone in the dark and it was fall and more or less paralyzed i was all of a sudden spot i saw the moon and all the stars on you know the dark blue uh, sky mm -hmm. and um And then I started to really to wonder what's behind the stars and what's behind the that and what's behind and what's behind and what's behind. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, I heard my mother's voice. Ah, if you're going to think like that, or you're going to get mad. And the word mad was made an huge impact so my new ballerina shoes they turn into jogging shoes or to running shoes so I ran and ran and ran and eventually when I came to my room I looked in the mirror and uh, I was I was the same girl as <laughs> that left for dance lesson there was no madness so far <laughs> <laughs> that's good i think the the the, the um, it it i i i started to hide I, i really didn't want to to go into that kind of questions anymore so i just shut down my curiosity yeah you were yeah. a child but that's yeah. very interesting that means that already as a young child you had that opening that questioning And you see, yeah. when you talked about longing earlier, it's mm. that stayed with you, that longing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I really think most children has a, mm -hmm. a kind of sense of there is something more. I really think mm -hmm. most children mm -hmm. have that. And many do, like me, they shut down because Society they really don't want, want to talk about it. And, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and the world, the society, the way we live, at least in the West, is not prepared for that. My no. generation, this kind of questioning, we would say, okay, you, you, as your mother said, you know, stop saying that, stop doing this, stop doing that. So, of yeah. course, the difference is now young people are allowed to open up. So that's that's another. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's different. Okay. Definitely. Okay. No, absolutely. So we don't have much time left. There's so no. much I wanted to cover with you. But <laughs> uh, um, a few words to the listeners. Uh, let's say yeah. you want to end with a few words to the listener to focus on. Don't make it too complicated. Don't read thousands of books, as you said at the beginning. Don't read too. M yes, read. Instruct yourself. Understand the way things are taught in spirituality, mm -hmm. but don't obsess with it. So simplicity, you know. Mm, simplicity. Yes, absolutely. That's what yeah. I love with the oh, way yes. you do this. Yeah. yeah. So a few words. Um, I would say that our true self, it can definitely be not be found in a book or in academic studies. That is just as impossible as feeding a hungry person with a picture of food. For me, the cue and the key to know more about myself has been and is introspection. And for me, it's like 
your inner voice never lies. Ah, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. It's it's well said. Uh, so, um, well, I'm so sorry. This is the, the the time, the only time we have left. Uh, so, thank you very much, Carrie, for your time with us and sharing your poetic and inspiring approach to conscious living. So to listeners, stay with us. The journey continues after the break with Sam Raffos. We will explore another experience of conscious living with Sam's approach in training, mentoring coaches into their leadership. So stay tuned for more inspiration. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. Set your goals higher and aim for a true transformation in your life. Do not settle for well-being. Be grounded, centered, and raise your consciousness for self-realization. Mayoku Techniques help you start your journey or deepen your practice on a one-to-one training. Check the website www.myokucenter.com and together let's make a difference now in your life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. We hope today's episode is making you feel empowered in many ways. Now, back to the show with Vivian. Welcome back to our discussion on conscious living. And welcome, Sam. It's very nice to have you with us. As you all know, this beginning of the 21st century is all about consciousness. We need to transform ourselves in order to see the change we want to see in society. So conscious living is then a natural thing to develop for all of us. So let's see now how, from a coach's perspective, what that means. Sam, you have a very interesting background as a certified coach in metaphysical science combined with certifications in social work and natural nutrition. Wow, I love it. (laughs) This is like a 360 degree approach that you developed to help your clients. The funny thing though is that I meet more and more people with a multidisciplinary background. So perhaps in the future, this will become the new standard. And perhaps we could call it the conscience, conscious certification or <laughs> diploma. So Sam, let's start with a few words about yourself and how did you come to do what you do? Oh, thanks for having me, Vivian. I, and I always stumble on that question. And isn't that crazy? I think as coaches, we're used to being the helper. So we're used to listening to everyone. We are used to shining the spotlight on our on our clients. And that's a comfortable p- position for me. So when people say, talk about yourself, it's like you get that little bit of a deer in the headlight look like, oh, what am I going to say? And Vivian, like 30 years later of doing this, I still do that. I still think, oh, no, 
What am I going to say about myself? So to make it short and sweet, uh, like I said, I've been a helper probably my whole life. My earliest memory is uh, loving helping uh, helping my parents on the farm, but most specifically, uh, we had foster siblings when I was a young girl, mm-hmm. and that's what started out my my love for helping people because um, our earliest foster sibling was the same age as me. So we played together and we hung out together and uh, he had uh, developmental disabilities. So I was his helper. So I think that just gave me a sense of, you know, how good it felt to, to help people and empower them. So I guess you could say between my education and love for helping people, that's just what I've done. And my entrepreneurial spirit, I think, is where it came from. When you when you were listing off, you know, I've got a diploma in social work, a diploma in, in natural nutrition, my bachelor of metaphysical science. It truly is. I just love learning. I love learning. I mm. love uh, putting into practice what I learn. So I guess that's is that enough on my background? <laughs> that's wonderful. And actually, uh, there's something you said that hit me. You said helping others was good. I've heard that many times. And when I was younger, I was like, oh, that's so cheesy, helping others. But that's, this is so true, actually. There's something really powerful in that. And we say that in Zen, you know, being enlightened, it's not just for you, it's for humanity. <laughs> so yeah. in a way, it makes sense. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> so I described you, uh, actually, you uh, describe yourself as a holistic coach. So even if we, the general public, we understand the concept, but with your own rich background, how does it translate in your practice? What do you do? Um, Well, holistic, we know that's whole and people have heard, like you said, the concept of mind, body, spirit. I just truly, I truly live that way. I embrace that way of life that, you know, everything uh, I'm doing in my life, I try to look at from a whole person concept. So uh, what's my, what's my mind? What am I thinking about it? How am I feeling about it? How am I staying physically healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually? Um, uh, Let's see, you could say interconnectedness, I guess. So interconnectedness between all aspects of your life, that's oh, that's the I way like I look at it I for like myself it. and for my clients. Oh, I like it. Interconnectedness. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, that's this next question is because I am very curious. I've, I've noticed this. So I was curious to ask you that. In the past decades, and I guess more than that, but there has been a growing number of coaches in many categories. So my own observation is it must be more than just a fashion. Do you think that this is because of a real need in Western societies or is it part of a growing movement like solo entrepreneur, as we see nowadays, there's so many entrepreneurs, or even is it part of a conscious shift in people's career? Like we are more and more concerned with our self-realization in life. So what are your thoughts on this? I think it's a combination of everything you talked about. So you could look at it that, you know, there's an increasing demand 
for personal development and self-improvement. I think more people are becoming aware of uh, the easy, easier ways. Like, you know, we've, we've all been taught to read books and um, search for personal development information. However, with the advent of the internet and podcasts and um, YouTube and any of the sources that people can get uh, personal and spiritual development and just um, better themselves. So there's that, that it's easier access. So people are more aware of it. The, The part about the entrepreneurship, I think in the last few years since, you know, we were all in our homes for what two years and and looking looking at different avenues of of either work or self-fulfillment i think people realized that we could do more of this that we could get on the phone or we could get on the computer and and do a zoom session and i think people realized that they didn't necessarily have to go out to work so those that might have been toying with the idea of entrepreneurship, it just, it became more apparent that it wasn't as hard as maybe people thought it was. And your point to the conscious shift of it. So the conscious shift, people were looking to be more fulfilled. So mm. maybe have a more fulfilling career, their lifestyle, um, and maybe they even sought out a coach. That's what I heard within this time is more people sought out coaching and help um, over the last few years. And then in, in my experience, some of them said, Oh, like coaching helped me. So it, 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 um, it spurred them on to take coaching Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm, I'm finding because I train coaches Mm -hmm. So I will hear that from some of the coaches I train because I always asked, what made you want to become a coach? That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When you had, I, I guess, when you have a wonderful experience being coached and then you want to do the same to help others. Yeah. Wow. But also the, what you mentioned, I think is also important. We talked about that with other guests in the past, but the fact that in society more and more awakening, more and more people are want to be the leaders of their life and don't want to be directed by some meta narrative or what we should do ideologically. So, th- so that's interesting, I guess. Yeah. So Good. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you work with coaches, you train them, you help them develop or empower themselves on a personal and business level you guide coaches into their full potential and leadership. So my guess is that just to make you smile, but in a way we can call that the conscious leadership. Can you talk about this concept? What does it mean to you? And if you think it's important? Of course, I, well, I could talk about it at length and (laughs) I know we only have a certain, certain amount of time. Um, Conscious leadership in its simplest form is just being aware and being intentional and purposeful. So when, when I'm trying to help people or when I look at my own leadership, I think we have to lead ourselves first. I really, really do believe in that. And um, I pride myself and it's a value of mine. Anyone I'm working with that I 
have to lead myself in the way that I'm trying to empower my clients to lead themselves. So mm-hmm. it starts with, you know, my own awareness, my own intention, and what's what's my purpose, not only grand purpose in life, but what's my what's my purpose uh, for this podcast? What's mm-hmm. my intention? What am I being aware of for uh, being on this show? So is, is that answering your question? <laughs> I always think I'm going to get too far in the weeds. And, no. and when we have a limited time, I'm thinking, okay, how can I be succinct in my answers? Don't worry about the time. I am the timekeeper. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how the concept leadership has evolved in this since the 2000, let's say the past 20 years. And when we talk about leadership, as you said, it starts first with you. So you have to understand, stay open for your own evolution, transformation, and be authentic. And then you can help others become leader in their in turn. And uh, I, I found a quote, a very simple quote on the internet, nothing special about conscious leadership, because I was curious to see how how do people understand that? So I'm just going to read it briefly. Conscious leadership is actually, you said that already, but in those words, conscious leadership is about self-awareness and living your life in alignment with your values. So I would say the values have to be positive otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So this allows you to show up authentically and intentionally as a leader. So it's, what you said, but in different ways. It's important to do your own inner work and gain greater self-awareness to be able to lead others consciously. Yeah. So there's two words, conscious and spiritual, that people ask me, you know, some clients ask me, okay, what do you mean by spirituality? <laughs> so these kind of things. So just to make it clear that uh, for what we are talking about to be conscious it's first of all from it's not from a neuroscience or philosophical perspective to be aware to be conscious is to be aware that we are more than this body we are more than an identity we have something deeper in us to be to be conscious of the fact that we live in a world built on duality so we need to move out of duality to find harmony and oneness. So when we talk about conscious or consciousness, it's in that sense. And spiritual, well, let's split it from religion. Spiritual is the way you relate to yourself, to others, to nature, the world, and the universe. So on that, let's clear the thing. So um, what about your own, some own observation so far, what are the most common characteristics you notice in people who want to become a coach? You gave us already a little hint, you know, like people want to transmit what they experience in coaching. But, um, and the other part of the question is, have you seen a difference since you started practicing being a coach? Have you seen a difference in the type of people who are uh, stepping into the coaching field? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll do the, the, the no part first, because I think at the foundation of it, uh, those that get into coaching, and I said it before, but just to expand on that, it's 
people that have a genuine desire to help. They have a combination of, of not only education experience, but, but something that they have overcome. So most mm-hmm. coaches have overcome something in their own life, whether it be uh, trauma, whether it be anxiety, recovery, uh, divorce, uh, business failure, uh, executive uh, leadership. Like there's so many different types of coaching. And we always talk about, you know, what's your niche or who do you help? But the whole reason for so many amazing uh, different types of coaches is you can you can identify and you can relate. You can, you know, coaching is about empathy and compassion and non-judgment and um, being a good listener and being curious and having so many of these great qualities um, as a coach, which you take to further that in training, Mm -hmm. but it still has to come from within. And we've talked about it, um, that it's that inner, that inner awareness, the inner guidance and so I think at the core of it, that's where most coaches are. Most coaches, that is at the core of it. The change in it that I have seen positively is more coaches today are aware of more of the consciousness, uh, being conscious and aware at a higher level. Like I feel, you know, we talk about oh. um, humanity, humanity vibrating at a higher level, if we can speak in that exactly. term or, mm-hmm. or higher energy or mm-hmm. um, in positive psychology, we talk about growth mindset. Where in, you know, metaphysics, we talk about the energy and everything being one and it all combined. But cool. for me, I, I just love it all where we combine it all. And I, I just think nowadays so many coaches are just so much more aware and, and elevated wow. higher in their energy. Wow. That, oh, that's a great that observation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a great observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, those who have been in spirituality, big, many masters, it doesn't matter what field, you know, Zen, Buddhism, or Hinduism, whatever. Many, many masters talk about this is a time of awakening more and more people are, and it stays as a, as a concept for me. But when I hear concrete things like what you said, I'm like, wow, okay, that's true. Society, humanity is, is growing. Let, let's hope it's going to be faster so we can see big changes. But yeah, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, main concepts, do you have, uh, well, let's not go over 20,000 concepts, but main concepts in your approach that you think are important for everyone? And uh, if you can give examples, for, for example, I'm going to start like when, when we hear, because this is a question I've heard in the Zen community, when we talk about inner voice, for example, people always ask, ah, but how do I know it's my inner voice or my intuition and not my ego? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who is talking, the inner voice or the ego? So there's any, do you have any concepts that are, you think are important for anyone to understand? And you want to shed some light on that? Sure. And and I'll I'll expand on inner voice for me because I 
I utilize that with all of my clients. And Vivian, I I used inner voice or inner God or inner intuition. You know, you can name it whatever you name it. Um, and I've been using this for years, not only for myself, because I would say I had a strong inner voice and learn to and, and learn to listen to it. And it does get easier and more uh, more pronounced with I you, meditation. Like mm-hmm. those who meditate more, um, and I'm not saying you have to meditate for hours every day, but those that have a meditation practice will tend to hear their inner voice. So there is that. Wonderful. And, Wonderful. and I did I did know that too as I practiced. And the concept of the inner voice is encouraging clients to use whatever modality like i'll i'll um, work with clients and i'll say okay and and they'll say to me too well i want to develop my inner voice because when we're when we're working on anything and we're setting goals or action steps or strategies and i and i will always say with the client you know it's always what what your inner voice what your intuition like trust yourself i will always Mm -hmm. say trust yourself the inward self Mm -hmm. don't look to outside because sometimes people will say to me well what do you think and then of (laughs) course i turn it back and i say you know it's not up to me this is this is Mm -hmm. what you want and and i'm trying to help them stretch to listen to themselves and it takes practice And the difference between inner voice and ego, this is how I explain it. I do try to explain it um, easily to my clients because we could, we could talk in these um, higher concepts, but when Mm -hmm. it comes right down to it, like how, how do we each understand it? So with my clients, I will just say, check in with yourself and you can't see me because we're on a podcast, but you know, I'll, I'll point to the solar plexus and, or your heart, you know, you 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 want your head and your heart in congruence. So does your gut does your gut or your thoughts um, point you one way? Is this what you feel like doing? Check in with your heart. If it feels good and it feels right, I tell people you know just go with it and practice it. Mm-hmm. If it feels wrong or fearful. If you are in fear, then that is where I will just say, don't make the decision in fear, sleep on it. And, and I use a lot of prayer and affirmations and things like that. Mm -hmm. And people can use what they want, but my tried and true method is if I need confirmation, I literally go to bed with a prayer that just says, you know, you God, you know, I'm thinking about this. You know, this is what I think I should do. I'm praying on it. I know I'll have the answer in the morning with your guidance. Wow. And I wake up and it's almost like confirmation. So that's that's how I look at the inner voice. Oh, that's cruel. The two things I, I uh, struck me. Fear. If yeah. there's no fear, and that's very important, uh, yeah. yeah, no fear. And the second, to ask the question before going to bed and be stay open to have the answer. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's, You're welcome. That's a great, a great point. Very good point. Yeah. 
uh, there's many other other things, and uh, I don't know confidence, for example. I I, have, I made a small a short list. Confidence, uh, for example. Uh, how would you define that? Oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> confidence again is trusting yourself. But I I do uh, most of my clients that that end up working with me. And Vivian, this is not just my clients. This is humanity as a whole. Mm. This is all of us. Every everyone from from fellow coaches, from from other clients. Confidence is. We we all struggle with confidence. Yes, yes. So just know that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, "Oh, these ladies on this podcast, they sound so confident," we we still struggle too, and that's what I get. People will say, "Oh, you sound so well spoken, and you sound so confident." This is a daily. It, it's a daily practice for me. Is the self development and and. Uh, practicing confidence. And the point that I want to make here for confidence is practice self-compassion and celebrate every win you have from the smallest, smallest daily win that you have. And once you start focusing on the wins versus what we could do better, because as humanity, we're, we're, we're wired to beat up on ourselves and we're wired to look for what we're doing wrong. So for confidence, focus on your own self-compassion and celebrate the wins as cheesy as they might be celebrate. Oh, cool. <laughs> you made me laugh when you said the whole humanity lacks <laughs> confidence. <laughs> but it's so true. It is yeah. so true. And and also this this is I would say because we as we are born, we are been split the ego and our deep self. We yeah. live in a so blah blah blah. We can have another podcast on it. But this is true. This is yeah. so true. Cool. Yeah. So the last point is conscious living. We hear very often conscious and then we can add any word. Conscious eating, conscious business, conscious blah 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 blah. So conscious living, it should be something simple and joyful. We have to stay on that vibration. So uh, just to, to, to uh, uh, wrap up in that sense, uh, in today's holistic and health modalities, the goal of well-being is replaced with self-transformation. That's how they define conscious living. Being healthy or well is not enough anymore. You need to be in your full human potential. So anything you would suggest to the listeners uh, before we wrap up uh, about how to stay on that path of self-transformation daily, let's say, how to reconnect and be in a conscious living mode? Exactly what we talked about earlier. Be, be aware be authentic, uh, self-compassion, be kind to yourself, be intentional. Every day, I, I truly do. I just think, what's my intention for today? And be, be the best version of you that you can be every day. And it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Like if you're, if you're feeling a little off, that's okay. Just do your best. Just do your best and Love yourself. Ah, uh, yeah. 
We will, we, we should have, I should put that on my list of podcasts for the future. How to love yourself. Oh, that's good. No, that's good. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for your time with us and the cup of tea. And, uh, let's say to the listeners then that, um, to listen to this podcast again, because you gave great advice and Carrie also gave great advice. So take time to listen again to this podcast and to reach Sam in your bio of the podcast, there is your uh, website. So people yes. can reach you there. Wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you again, Sam. So thank you all for being with us. And I hope that uh, today's episode inspired you to start or deepen your self-transformation for your own life mission and for humanity. As you know, I repeat what many have said already, together we have to awaken and help this world. So be part of the 21st century. I am Viviane Casimir and this is a monthly podcast. The next episode will raise the question of spirituality in the medical field. So follow us on the Voice America platform and see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Tune in next month for another new empowering episode. Until then, have a nice cup of tea and a clear mind.